This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, it's election day and we've got a doozy of an update on the scammer running unopposed for school board in Inglewood. Plus, the latest verdict in the Elijah McLean trials is in. And finally, we answer your questions on food deserts, vegetarian restaurants and Halloween hygiene. Also, just a note, there's some explicit moments in this episode. Today is Tuesday, November 7th. I'm Bree Davies and here's what Denver's talking about. How was Estes Park? Gorgeous. As usual. It is. Did you see an elk? No, but it is like full of cars. Mm. (laughs) They're getting there on the Mm. walkability stuff. They're figuring it out, but it's a slow process. And what does Estes Park do about walkability? I mean, you got the one little street, but who's going to go up there and like rely on transit for their job? No, I guess more just like you have to drive down from the hotel a block and a half because it's not a safe pathway to walk to it. Oh, from the hotel down to like the main street? Like they have a strip that they're working on for people to walk, but you still have to kind of cross a little bit of a little mini Mm. highway. So they're working on it though. It's good. We, uh, (laughs) Montgomery and I did the river walk. We went to a little playground. It's charming. And then we went to what he calls French fry restaurant, which is... (laughs) Any restaurant that serves French fries, and that's what it's he likes. It's my favorite restaurant. He's like, French fry restaurant. And I'm like, sure. They have this great place, Penelope's. I've talked about it before. It's a burger and fries place. And mm-hmm. we sat and had a little French fries, and it was very Watch sweet. Watch the world go by. I love that. That's nice. Yeah. Nice little moment. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> I love my baby. Keep hearing good things about this guy. Endless entertainment. Well, good morning, Bree. Good morning, Paul. I'm back. You're back. You're feeling better. Clearly. I am. I am. Upper respiratory infection, be darned. It's gone. <laughs> Second one in six weeks. Yeah. You're on a streak. I am. I got my COVID shot. I got my flu shot, but that doesn't keep you from getting to upper respiratory infection. So today's a big day. It's election day. It is election day. Um, it might not feel like that because the it election really is such a very low key affair this time around. And to be fair, it's not because there's not important things on the ballot, but we had such a massive you know, city changing election last time with mayor and a new council. And yeah. this time it's a little less dramatic. We've got school board here in Denver. We've got Prop mm-hmm. HH across the state, Prop II, right. and then a ton of smaller municipal elections as well. Yeah. Well, first of all, Bree, I think, I mean, we're going to talk about the election a little bit. The, the, the story that uh, we all want an update on uh, is something that you and I just touched on briefly last week. The Englewood candidate uh, for school board, Devon, or maybe Davon Williams, uh, who's running unopposed uh, and has an active arrest warrant out for him Yes, currently. Yeah, yeah. It's just to remind folks, if you didn't hear last week, he's got uh, convictions for aggravated motor vehicle theft, theft of more than $6,000 in a case where he was a shady party promoter. Um, he, he, again, he has an active arrest warrant in Adams County for a shady car sale. Um, I read the details of the car sale. It was like, (laughs) 
it's like the people's court it's just like an episode of the people's court like he sold someone a car that may have been junk and then he went and maybe took the car back and like i don't even or i don't weird just like not stuff you want to have on your record if you're trying to do something like run for a political office although in this country i guess that doesn't matter anymore i mean look at who's running for president next year and they're currently in court but um he's polling great up on biden i know you're you're referring to our former president donald trump he's he's up on Biden. we're looking at the next election already we're not even finished with this one we're talking about about devon Devon williams Williams. again he's running unopposed he's running unopposed um what was interesting, I think we didn't, I don't know if we touched on this last week, but he had been involved with some rezoning fights in his neighborhood. He's very anti-density. Is that the side he's on? I think so. I think so too. I think he wanted to stop it. He's a NIMBY. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what engaged him in the idea of running for school board was after I fought getting more housing, why don't I join the school board? Um, but the update, here's the update. The yes. Inglewood Herald reported that the Inglewood Police Department confirmed on the morning of November 2nd that they are trying to locate Devon Williams and take him into custody on his warrant. And uh, the official statement from the police department oh. is, uh, we are aware of the warrant for Devon Williams. We have made attempts to contact him and will continue to do so until we are able to take him into custody on the warrant. And in, if and when we are able to locate him, we understand the community's concerns <laughs> And hope that due to media attention, <laughs> Mr. Williams will turn himself into the police department as soon as possible. So they so, want us to shame him, to shame is, him into turning himself well, in. Well, you know, and yeah, I was talking to some friends who've got kids in Inglewood School District and they're like, ha ha funny. But like this guy could be running our school district. Yeah. And he has no experience with with teaching students school anything and he has an active criminal record. Uh, yeah. Well, let me tell you one thing he does have experience doing. This is uh, from a listener, yes. Jessica B., who wrote in. Uh, I'll quote, uh, Devon Williams shops at my dispensary, and he's absolutely the worst. He always comes in bragging about how he's going to win the race because no one is running against him and how he's only doing it because he wants to get into politics, which, you know, that's fine. That's why people run for school board to get into politics. I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, He's not the type of person we need on a school board or in politics. This is uh, Jessica B. again. He always acts like he's hot shit and has all this money and is such a cool guy and produces music and blah, blah, blah. But he is constantly... Constantly begging for discounts and being rude slash standoffish to staff. Um, standoffish kind of also my move in a dispensary. So again, <laughs> I'm not going to knock him on that. But uh, Devon Williams, apparently, um, yeah, he's rude when his haggling doesn't work. He's arrogant. Uh, and it really makes me mad that he will win simply because he's unopposed. I had so Agreed. many. Yes. <laughs> This runs in so Same. many circles I deal with, uh, annoying people that act like they're hot shit in the music world mm. and um, people that are terrible to salespeople. I hate that. <laughs> I hate both of those. Jessica B., I'm sorry that that's mm-hmm. happening to you. Genuinely, that really bothers me. So maybe we have some character issues here as well. Uh, yeah, you know. I don't know. I mean, I he's going to win. What do we even do about this? Like, is he going to turn himself in? Because they'll just know. the cops will just show up to the school board meeting, the first one, right? Yeah, I or mean, he, we'll be following it. I feel bad that they're going to have, have, have no another idea. election. It's I wild. That's true. I mean, if anything, this just says if you've ever thought about running for school board and you like have actual vested interest in children's lives and education, maybe this is the time. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Um, one last thing on the election, Bree. What are you watching? It's Tuesday. I, what are you watching tonight? You know, Prop HH, I don't know which way it's going to go. This is the the Tabor situation. Yeah. Um, I cannot get a feeling, honestly, for either side. Mm-hmm. It is very 
conflicting. I'm usually it's like people that are more to the left of me believe one thing. I'm seeing two. I'm seeing it all across the board. Yeah, honestly, same. I don't know if anyone really feels confident about this. I, I haven't don't. seen anyone who's like, "This is my vote. This is why I'm doing it." Rah rah rah. I still don't know. I haven't voted yet. Oh really? No, I'm just, doing that today. I voted a couple of days ago. So. What are you watching? Um, honestly, HH probably for me as well. Um, yeah. I don't know what we're going to learn from that vote, but I think we're going to learn something about where people are at when it comes to taxes. Yeah. And um, that kind of thing is always interesting to me. And then to the school board, you know, Mayor Mike Johnston has Same. come out and made a pretty big statement. He's been in ads endorsing candidates. He says he wants change. So if we don't get that change, that's going to be kind of an uncomfortable relationship for uh, our mayor and the school board. Yeah, and we'll see how these candidates shake out because right now we've got this board that was also a, a big percentage of the board was supported by the teachers union. We've got a lot of teachers union candidates running again, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And then, of course, you know, as the real work starts, we'll figure out who these people actually are and then we'll have whole new fights about it. Yes, <laughs> it's true, true. Um, well, if you're a last minute voter and you're still looking for help figuring out what to do, uh, go back and listen to our episode about Prop HH. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. But also we're going to have um, voters guides, voter guides from all these other outlets. We'll, we'll put a bunch of stuff in there that'll help check you figure out our, it out. Check out our newsletter too, denver.citycast.fm. You can sign up for our daily newsletter. Hey, Denver. And I know Peyton's got a huge roundup of uh, places to get information on how to vote, what to vote. What's going on? Uh, okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll be talking about the results as uh, whatever happens all week. Um, so tune back in later in the week for updates on the election. Hey, listener, this is Bree dropping in with an update. We're about to talk about the latest in the Elijah McClain trials. But after Paul and I recorded this yesterday morning, the Adams County jury delivered its verdict in the case of Officer Nathan Woodyard not guilty. And now here's the rest of the discussion on how they got there. Next story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. We're in the midst of the Elijah McClain trials right now. For the last yes. couple of months, we've been watching these trials play out over the killing of Elijah McClain, 23-year-old black man um, who police stopped on the side of the road in 2019 in Aurora. One officer's already been convicted. What is the latest with this second trial, Paul? Uh, the latest is um, Officer Nathan Woodyard. He was the first officer on the scene that night. He is the one that is um, at, at the center of this trial. Um, so he he was the officer who allegedly held McLean in a carotid hold, which according to Colorado Public Radio is the type of hold that cuts off blood flow to a person's brain. Um, Woodyard is being charged with manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. Um, but unusually yeah. in this trial, and why we wanted to talk about it is because Nathan Woodyard has done something uh, remarkable. He took the stand last week in his own defense, which this is, is very rare. not common. No, not common at all. Um, my wife actually used to be a criminal justice reporter. We were talking about this over the weekend. She told me never. In, she would cover murder trials. And she said it never happened, mostly because when you testify on your own behalf, it, it correlates very strongly with a guilty verdict. So it just doesn't work. Because you're... So a lawyer would always say, don't do it. That would, that would be the advice. Interesting. Like you never know what's going to happen when you get up there. Like you get emotional, maybe you let slip something and they, you get slapped with some new charges. Like there's not a lot of upside and there's a lot of downside. Yeah. And I have to say in reading this story, I can see that what your wife Megan was talking mm -hmm. about in doing this reporting, why folks do it, don't do it because this officer was very emotional. Mm -hmm. um, was very forthright about 
not feeling confident almost in what was going on in this situation, or at least being afraid of what was transpiring while he was there. And uh, I had not really ever heard anybody talk like that before. I don't know. I just saw through a lot of things there. Like, um, how do I say this? I think I saw somebody who felt not prepared for a situation hmm. is what came across to me in his testimony. But this is kind of the problem you're talking about is we infer a lot of things based on what people say about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion about this kind of thing. Um, but uh, in this case, I mean, it is remarkable what happened uh, in this courtroom. A couple more quotes from the Colorado Public Radio article. Uh, quote, Woodyard tearfully told the jurors that he would do everything differently on the night of August 24th, 2019, if he could. He also admitted to violating a number of training protocols and requirements to be a peace officer in, Car in Aurora in Colorado. Um, another part of the article, uh, so he's saying he, he has all these regrets. Uh, quote, that included his decision to go hands-on with McLean, who didn't show any signs of avoiding officers at the start of the interaction almost immediately. Um, he also said he wouldn't have helped take McLean down to the grass. He said he regretted using the carotid hold, which cuts off blood flow to the person's brain. Lastly, he regretted trusting his fellow officers to take care of McLean when he left to compose himself. Uh, his attorney, Megan Downing asked, did you trust other officers would take care of him? Woodyard's voice broke. I did. Did they, she asked? No, I know that now, he said. Yeah, that seems like someone who's having a real reckoning with themselves in the moment. I Yeah, I mean, I found it very emotional to read this testimony and to think about what he's going through yeah, over I mean, the last four years. I mean, it, it, it pales in comparison with the family of Elijah McClain yeah, and the impact of his actions. But to, to see him reckon with it and to hear what the effect has been for him, that was, that was its own remarkable moment. Once again, the Adams County jury found Nathan Woodyard not guilty. Yesterday's verdict leaves one trial remaining of the paramedics who administered ketamine to Elijah McLean when they arrived on the scene that night in 2019. We're back. We are hearing from you, our brilliant and hilarious listeners. Uh, we got a lot of feedback last week from various shows, various conversations, which is always so exciting to us. Paul, do you want to read a message that we got from Jake R.? Sure. Uh, Jake R. writes, Hello, CityCast. This is Jake Readerer from Spinelli's Market. Oh. A friend passed along your podcast and said I needed to give it a listen. Um, so this is presumably the episode we did about markets. Did last week about Bodegas. markets. Yeah. And Jake's, uh, Jake in particular, who is, a co -owner. Just is now a co-owner of mm -hmm. the Congress Park Market, um, soon to open. Anyway, Jake goes on. Thank you all for what is clearly your love of Denver. My wife and I would love to chat with you more about the small market space and why it's important to us and why we believe it's important to the community. I'm also very intrigued to speak with the host who used to work with Food Desert Funding and get their perspective on the issue and why they think that small markets definitely aren't the answer. So I guess that would be you. Maybe yes. we can talk about that yeah. a little bit more. Um, he goes on, um, and we'd like to challenge you all to come work at Spinelli's for half a shift to see what we're about and why we, as former restaurant people, have found our home in neighborhood markets. Um, I look forward to hearing from y'all and hopefully sitting down for a cup of coffee with you soon. Well, Jake, thanks so much for writing yeah, in. Thanks, Jake, for writing in. I thought this was really helpful. I actually thought a lot about this conversation after we had it because oh. I do agree with Jake a little bit in that like, I maybe misrepresented the idea of a food desert being the solution. It is not the solution. It is a solution. A neighborhood market being a, neighborhood a solution market. to yes. the food desert problem. Yeah. And what I don't think I articulated was often what I found in doing the work that I did was that these small markets 
just didn't have price points that were affordable for somebody who was trying to purchase the majority of their groceries at that small market. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of my point was like, not that big box stores are better, but I know as someone that shops for a family that um, I often can't get a lower price on a generic item or something at a small market that I could get at a King Supers. Mm -hmm. And so that's the struggle I think I found in the in studying, I mean, I've I've visited dozens of these markets across the yeah. state, rural areas, urban areas, everywhere, and their price points often were just higher to the point because they can't compete. They can't deal in bulk, right? They can't buy in bulk the way a Walmart can or something. I understand why, but often sometimes there's also a differentiation. I think between types of these markets, right? Pay brought up Peyton brought up the Marzix situation. Mm -hmm. It's a fun place to get fancy cheese. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. It's great, but like I'm not feeding my family with fancy cheese. And that's the experience I've had at some of these markets was they're just expensive or they offer more premium products and they're not really for the everyday shopper trying to feed a family. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to just clarify that while also um, absolutely giving respect to Jake and his wife for filling in the need that is there, which is the grab and go things that maybe you do need milk and eggs or like he said, you know, this is somewhere that people from restaurants are now going to work because maybe they want to be in their neighborhood with people. And I, I see the function of them as these community spaces as well. I just mm -hmm. wanted to clarify that it's a solution. It is not the solution. And sometimes we think they can be when it needs to be a bigger picture yeah. approach yeah. And that's to affordability. Based on your observations, seeing a lot of these markets. Yeah. So, and seeing yeah, the price points at these markets. I mean, and that that's, uh, tells you that that model tends to take you in that direction of like catering to the the affluent customer who maybe only wants to drop in once or twice a week. Um, I wonder though if it if it is possible to forge a new path and to have that neighborhood market that is affordable. That once were, right? The, the smaller markets in a, a Spinelli's type of market used to be the market in mm. the neighborhood before the big boxes and they probably com could compete better because they had relationships with distributors and things like that. And yeah, I wonder if that could be a possibility again, if mm. we could redistribute this some way that allows folks to get a better price point while also being able to keep, cause you gotta be able to keep it in business too. Mm -hmm. I understand it. He's got, he's got a business to run. So yeah, it needs to make sense. And you can't compete with Walmart. <laughs> so, um, Jake, as for your offer of, uh, coming to work at Spinelli's, I am tempted. I totally get I never, the romance yeah. of the neighborhood market and I think I would love it. And as a 17 year veteran of retail, I never worked grocery. So I don't know what that's like. Kind of be fun to do together. You yeah. could show me a few things. I could. Your, your retail tricks. I could. Just mostly being nice to people. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting stuff. Interesting. All right, let's move on. We got another one here on Japanese food. Oh, yeah. Which was that same episode from Mahala B. Um, Mahala writes, my partner got me hooked on your guys' podcast. I listen to you almost every morning at work on Spotify and just finished your episode about Japanese food in Colorado. I appreciate all of your fresh ideas for outings for my partner, dog, and I can do. As someone who grew up in Colorado, I get super excited when I learn about new communities and events. Now for my qualms. <laughs> My partner swears that your producer, Paul, hey, that's me, that's used you. to or still is vegetarian slash vegan. If so, why is there no plant-based representation? A vegan slash vegetarian diet is super popular in Denver, at least in my social circles. I understand if it is not a, quote, cool thing to report on, but if people are foodies and want to try somewhere new, spots like Somebody People, City O City, and Wellness Sushi should get a reference or recommendation as well. And that is interesting because I we didn't really touch on that, but like I do think about, 
I go to Coke Grove. They have tofu. My favorite thing at Uncle chilled tofu but we didn't really talk about it and wellness sushi we have been meaning to touch on yeah well we've been it, we, we have talked about it a couple well, times we, i didn't want to say it's been edited out of the show multiple <laughs> times so listeners we've had the conversation you've just never heard it yeah and i mean i'll tell you why i'll just give you my take yeah, you really go, quickly i i have been a couple of times uh yes i uh was and sort of still most of the time am vegetarian uh wellness sushi it's fine you know i like it okay I don't, I think they, uh, the rolls are too big. Like they're not one bite rolls. It's, they're quite it's like a, substantial. Almost a burrito. These, uh, yeah. But they're, some of them are kind of cool. Like they have a one where you wrap it in mango and they, you, they have sprinkled tahini on top. It's, it's, it's nice. I think what I'm hearing from our, um, lovely listener Mahala though, is that maybe we need to do a, our favorite veggie places show. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I, that's what I think. We could totally do that. Cause I'm somebody that's trying to move in that direction better, more with my family and, I would love some other recommendations. I have not been to somebody people. I've heard it's great. Mm. City O City, it's been here for a long time. I have thoughts and feelings, yeah. but there are a lot of other, op- there are, there's, it's a wide variety. Oh my God. City O City is one of those places that drives people on the Denver subreddit nuts. Oh really? Nuts. Oh my, Their they're... recent website changeover was pretty wild. But Sounds like you're right there with them. It was wild. It I just was, was it's a different presentation than what I expect from them. At any rate, Studio City is a staple. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody people's one of the newer spots. If you if you've got favorite vegetarian or vegan places, let us know. Call the I Love Vegetarians hotline. Yes. Yes. At uh, 720-500-5418. Let us know where you like to go. Maybe we can get a good list going mm-hmm. and share it with our listeners. Because if Mahalo's been here a long time, I bet there's folks that are just moving to the city and have no clue where to start. Yep. You're probably so, right. I like um, it. Uh, one last thing before we move on. Uh, the numbers <laughs> on vegetarianism. I looked this up once. Oh. It's about 6% of the population. 6%. 6? Yeah. So it might be popular That's in it? Mahalo's social circles, but generally. Interesting. Not that much. Huh. Anyway, we got one more here. Uh, this message comes from a listener named Margo. Hey, CityCast, my mom hands out toothbrushes for Halloween. No one will be stealing a bucket of those. <laughs> she does hand them out with a smile. Keep brushing. Do kids go to her mom's house? Because I feel well, like that's the house you avoid. No, it's the toothbrush lady. Last line of Margot's message. Needless to say, our house is never popular. There you there go. There you go. Asked and answered. Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. I heard about people giving out all kinds of crazy stuff this year, like Hot Wheels and Yeah. I think you told me yeah, that. Yeah, because they were a dollar they were a dollar at um at King Supers. Also, like my friend Thad, who's been on the show, loves to give out full size candy bars. He's like feels like he's like gets real stoked. He's like, kids come to my house because I got the full size candy bars. So he goes to Costco and <laughs> probably spends more money than his wife would want him to. <laughs> but then you always know you go to that house with the twelve foot skeleton and the full size candy bars. Yeah. In Ruby Hill, just saying. Go visit. <laughs> next year. Next year. I know I had so many thoughts and feelings about Halloween, but we'll save that for next year. Okay. All right. Um, well, breathe. I think that's it for the show today. I think happy voting, everyone. Yeah. Happy election day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why don't you take a minute to tell the Inglewood Police Department about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.